Online, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. Hey. Hey. It's uh, late-breaking, well, late, technically, uh, breaking podcast. We had a really busy weekend this past weekend, so you're getting this uh, late Monday, early Tuesday, whenabouts. But uh, I'm sure you, I'm sure y'all get it. And uh, yeah, uh, without wasting any time, uh, how's that uh, intervening time between records been for you, Elizabeth? I'm busy. Yeah. Busy. So, so uh, my younger stepson has had his first home game. He's he's playing baseball now. Uh, he's had his uh, first home game. It was a doubleheader. Um, okay. That it, it he played hard. Okay. And that's what I'll say about that. Um, well, Andrew Andrew played good. He played really well. Um, yeah. Some other people did not, but he he did. That's and good. that's what matters. Um, yes. Let's see here. What else has happened since the last time we recorded? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, all I can really think about is basically what's happened to me like within the last three days, if you include today. So uh, I think I've talked about on here how I am working for my national board certification yeah. for teaching. So, uh, and the, like my school district's paying for it. So Saturday we had a work session. So we like went to the district office and, and worked on our stuff. And like that's all we did. I mean, it was only, we were only there for like four hours, and they, you know, brought in lunch and stuff, and had snacks and coffee, and it was really nice. But like that just throws you off because like you you don't normally work on Saturdays. Um, okay. So I had the work session on Saturday, and then we also got Andrew Saturday night. Um, and you know he's he's thirteen. Like he likes to play video games with his friends and. Sometimes they like to stay up late and do that. And then sometimes they go to bed at nine o'clock and you're never really sure what they're going to do or what they're going to decide on. Um, so then, and then we had the time change Sunday. Uh, I I always forget about that. Yeah. So we sprung forward, um, which made an early morning for Sunday. So, uh, Mm -hmm. got up took Andrew home because he wanted to go to church with his mom came back home uh, I went to church came home again like took a nap okay. and then and then went over to Papa's house like kind of late and got really busy doing that kind of stuff so because we were going to do this last night and then we last had the Oscars. the Oscars right and last night was the Oscars I didn't watch the Oscars but I like checked up to see who the winners were so like i know who won stuff sure was there any was there any like will smith chris rock drama that i need to know about not really no it was pretty uh stayed as far as these things go okay Uh, and then today like today i had a really rough morning i had a really rough morning and this was even before i got to work yeah like i cut my toe on a piece of glass do you know how much your toes can bleed Oh yeah, I've I've been there. I mean, it was awful. Like my shoes were sticky because I had blood in them, and like it was so bad. Um, yeah. 
So that was like first thing this morning. And then I got, I was like even later than normal or later than I should have been because I got stuck by a train or stuck, you know, waiting for a train. And then anyway, like I think just the stresses of like thinking about things for like the upcoming year, like caused me to have kind of a mental breakdown this morning and like cried. (laughs) But I mean, like I had a good day at work. Like all my kids were good. Um, Like I had a good rehearsal for my honor choir this afternoon and like all all of that was fine. It was just like first thing this morning, it was like straight out the gate. Right. So, and now we're here. All right. Well, uh, yeah, my week's been, my time's been a lot low, a lot less stressful. Uh, like, like you said, last night was the Oscars. It was, uh, some, some crowd pleasing winners there. Uh, pretty stacked in the technical categories for All Quiet on the Western Front and, uh, and, the acting and above the line categories as they're known for, uh, everything everywhere. Yeah. So. Not the most interesting ceremony, but I think kind of a decompression year after some of the more uh, contentious, like, goings-ons from years past. Right. Um, I genuinely think that All Quiet on the Western Front is the only movie I saw that was nominated anything at the Oscars. You didn't see, uh, oh yeah, you didn't see Top Gun, did you? I sure didn't, nope. I have not seen Top okay. Gun. Yeah, well, I saw five of the ten best pictures. Uh, All Quiet was not one of them. Um, oh, I thought... Oh, no, it was Best Foreign. Best Foreign Language. Okay, but it was also nominated for Best uh, Best for Picture. For Best Picture, okay. Yeah, and I, uh, let's see. I saw Everything Everywhere when it premiered early last year. I saw Top Gun in theaters with Mom and Dad. And then last week, uh, Regal Cinemas was doing their annual Best Picture Festival, where mm-hmm. for like a week or so, uh, you can get tickets like half price to go see any of the nominees at like oh. once a day screenings. Cool. Yeah. So last Thursday, I want to say it was, they had three films, uh, Women Talking, Banshees of Inisherin, and Triangle of Sadness, all screening on the same day. So I went out around 11.30 and just made a day of it. Stayed out the whole day, saw all three films more or less back-to-back. With, like, some time in between for meals and shopping. Yeah. Cool. So I had a, had a, had a day of it. And uh, I'm happy with everything everywhere winning. Obviously, I haven't seen all the categories, but I think of those I have saw, it's the one I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed closely by... Uh, well, I mean, and all the all the rest, I feel like we're fairly deserving. I'm not super high on Triangle of Sadness, and I don't really mind that it didn't really win anything. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I had a good time and uh, uh, did some grilling Saturday. Uh, Mom made her um, what's what what it is it when you take the onion stock and mix it in with the hamburger meat? Oh, I just I just think it's like flavored. Like hamburger patties. Yeah. Well, she does something with it that make it taste real good, and uh, had a nice evening there. So uh, yeah, it's been pretty pretty calm. Um, I'm, I'm, oh, the uh, 
video game writing workshop that I've been doing is wrapped up. Oh, okay. People are still, people are still keeping in touch, like participating in like group assessment and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Because the cons- the idea is that we take some of the work we've done here and put it towards like a portfolio that can be used for job applications. Okay. So, uh, in the week ahead, I'll try and get back in on that. But uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's been I think it's been a productive exercise and see what comes of it okay um yeah you talked about going to go like going to the movies to go like you know the all-day thing you did yes that did remind me of something else i've did since the last episode um yeah you did go to the movies recently. i did go to the movies and i can't rem- i think the last time i went to the movies was when you and i went to atlanta like last year Oh, yeah, from Memoria. Yeah, I think that was the yeah. last time I had been in a movie theater. Um, and I know for Brian, it's been even longer. Oh, sure. I mean, he probably the last movie he's probably seen in a theater was maybe the, like, all-female cast of Ghostbusters. Okay. That was, like, 2016 or 15, I want to say. It might have been Deadpool 2. Okay. No, Deadpool I don't think... Was- Anyway, I don't know. It's been a long time. Or like King Kong right. Skull Island or something. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but we took... Uh, so we took Andrew to go see Cocaine Bear. Okay, and Andrew's the younger one? 13-year-old, yeah. Right. How'd he like it? Um, he thought it was funny. I think... Now, it is because, I mean, it's like a... It's like a comedy horror. I guess you would technically classify it, although it's not... Yeah. There's some jump scares, but it's not particularly scary. Um, right, it's more like grotesque. Yeah, and and it is like there are some like gross scenes, and I think he was okay with pretty much everything, except there was a scene where like some disembowelment happens. Oh sure. And when we left the theater, he was like, "Do intestines really look like that?" Ooh. And I think that I think that was the one scene that like bothered him. Oh sure. I mean, it was it was funny. Um, was it as funny as maybe the previews led you to believe? Not really, but it it was funny. And oh yeah, I kind of feel, feel like, like most of the jokes made it into the trailer. Yeah, um, I do. Now there was one there was one joke that was pretty. I mean, it was probably the best joke in the whole film, but it was also like a very blue joke. Sure. And it did not make it into the previews. Um, oh yeah. Obviously. And, but it was also like, you know how mom and dad always talk about with the movie Dumb and Dumber, how they walk out of the theater and they're like, that was so stupid and such a waste of money. And then the more they talk about it, the funnier it gets. Right. We kind of had the same, we didn't think it was stupid coming out of the theater. We were like, that was funny, but like, maybe not as funny as we thought it was going to be. And then the more we talked about it, the funnier it got. Right. I'll tell you, though, in close competition for the best thing I've watched in the last two weeks, uh, recently, the, you know, Super Sentai, right? The Japanese action television show that was the basis for the American Power Rangers? Yes. Yeah, so it's Super Sentai is basically, like, a loose framework built around, like, costumed teams of superheroes who fight monsters and evil organizations and what have you. Well, the show has been running for 47 years 
at this point. My goodness. Back, or longer, in fact, because I think the earliest incarnation was back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my friend Caleb, who we have our weekly movie nights. Yeah. Uh, he's got a server at his house that has every season of Super Sentai on it, along with a whole bunch of other tokusatsu uh, which is based, which is essentially Japanese for costumed hero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we've been making our way through a lot of them, just t- trying out an episode here and there. We've watched a lot of Ultraman over the last year or two. And uh, last week we started watching the most recent season of uh, Super Sentai, which is regal royalty-themed. Mm-hmm. It, take, it takes place in, like, a fantasy land based around bugs weirdly uh where there are these five nations that all have like kingdoms and royalty that oversee them and the five kings and queens of these kingdoms are are basically the power rangers and they all have to come together to defeat some a bunch of like monster armies and stuff Mm -hmm. so the the biggest one of the biggest appeals for a thing like this is just an appreciation for the production value because Mm -hmm. Even after all these years, you're still getting practical costumes on, like, physical stage sets and, like, big pyrotechnic explosions and models blowing up and stuff at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. And that's for, for like, a fan of kitschy, old-school sort of, like, filmmaking in that vein. It's just been a lot of fun. So that's probably the most, like engage like pure fun thing that i've seen in the past couple weeks mm-hmm. and that'll probably comprise a, a good bit of our viewing in the uh, months to come Alrighty, if there was anything else you wanted to talk about so did i i'm trying to think if this happened since the last time we recorded i know i've talked about how like one of my goals was to like if you know consume more i guess popular media yeah, oh yeah, you talked about the TV shows and whatnot. Did I tell you that I watched, I finished watching season one of What, what We, we Do, do in, in the Shadows, shadows and then I started okay, watching... Yeah, no, and then, I didn't, hadn't heard about that. Okay, so... I mean, I've heard about the show, I didn't hear about your... Yeah. yeah. So, I finished watching season one, and I think I'm, I'm I actually think I'm almost done with season two. Um, okay. And so, I've got to say, and thank goodness... Like the so each season is only ten episodes. Um sure. I, I very much feel like this show is like a passion project. Uh-huh. Because each season is only ten episodes and then each episode is like twenty four minutes. Right. Like so it fits in the thirty minute time frame. Um yeah. and you know, when I first watched the first two episodes, I was like, This is I mean, it's funny, but it's like it's dumb. Like this is stupid. Um okay. The longer, but if you stick with it, it gets better. Okay. Like it gets more involved? It does. It gets more involved. And so basically kind of what the over basic, and then it, it very much turns out like you figure out the, the format. So basically like each season, there is an overarching theme, but really each episode is very episodic. Oh, sure. I, which I, I feel okay. like is very common um, yeah. or is like especially common in like current sitcom style television um, yes. but 
So anyway, so now I'm on season two, and I gotta say, in season two, I have discovered my favorite character. Yeah. Um, who is Guillermo, the familiar of one of the vampires. Um, right. And be, so this is season two. I don't feel like I'm getting, I'm gonna give anyway, anything away. Um, yeah, I'm familiar, I'm familiar with sort of some of the broad strokes of the okay. series. So at the end of season one, he does, he does like an in, uh, a DNA test on all the yes. vampires, his, his master included. And so his master, whose name is Nandor, he's like, you know, you've got this, you've got like 200,000 direct descendants and one of them lives here in Staten Island. Well, the one that lives in Staten Island is like 90 something years old. Um, that ends about what you think it does. Well, Guillermo also did his DNA and he founds out and he finds out that he's like got some Dutch in him and that he is actually related to the Van Helsings. Right. And so he learns that he's like like from a lineage of vampire hunters. Yeah, so he finds out he's from a lineage of vampire hunters and it's very funny to watch how badly he doesn't want to be a vampire hunter, but how good he is at it. Yeah, I've been meaning to catch up with that show. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. So, like I said, I've got to finish season two, and then I've got two more seasons. I have heard that a fifth season's coming out. All right. Um. So when that fifth season comes out, I'll watch it. But uh. So yeah. So I would recommend if you're looking Glad for a show it. to watch that's like very quick. You could watch like one episode super super fast. What we do in the shadows is a recommendation. Right. Cool. Yeah, and if uh, another a show I've been watching, if you're looking for just like some light comfort viewing, the Taskmaster YouTube channel has started updating weekly with the 13th season of that show. Are you okay. familiar at all? I've shown you an episode of Taskmaster before. Yes, you have. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, Taskmaster is a BBC comedy series where every season five comedians are uh, assigned a series of tasks tasks to complete either on their own or in some cases like as a group and then my understanding is that they film the in studio segments after the fact Mm -hmm. so they have the contestants complete all the tasks first and then the rest of the show is kind of like a clip show fashion where they show the footage of the people doing the tasks and then grade them accordingly Mm -hmm. with yeah, with some games that they play on site. It's a it's a really light and breezy show. It was like a big COVID watch for a lot of people because I think that's when BBC really started uploading their old uh, archives onto YouTube for people to watch. Yeah. And uh yeah, I'd give it a recommend. I'm enjoying this most recent season. All right. And uh yeah. It's a good it's a good watch. All right. Uh we talking books now? Sure. Okay. How many books have you read in the past two weeks? Zero. Zero. So you did not read and or finish Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Nope. I bought it. I didn't Alrighty. even start it. You, you 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 didn't start it? I did not. I did not even start it. Okay. Well, uh, hmm. Well, this so that's is all, folks. Bye. No, I'm kidding. Say what? I said, that's all, folks. Okay, bye. Oh, uh, yeah. No, okay, so here's the thing. I've read two books. I've read two books. Uh-huh. One of them was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Okay. Which was the book that was assigned for this week. Yeah. The other book was the book that was assigned for next episode. 
Okay. <laughs> right. So. Okay. Um, so yeah. here's here's what I propose we do, and we've we have done this before. Okay. Since I have never, since I have, even though I've purchased it, I have not started tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow. Um, maybe when we come back from the break, you you pitch the book to me like like you're gonna get paid if I read it. Okay. Okay. I can make a try of that. Okay. So when we okay. come back from the break, why don't you do that? All right. We'll see right. y'all in a minute. And thank you for sticking around. This is Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. A bit of a, it's a bit of a cliffhanger revelation before the end of the break. Um, my co-host Elizabeth uh, did not get around to reading uh, Tomorrow, 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 which was the uh, reading challenge assignment for this week. Or anything and, else for that matter. Sure, and totally understandable can, given some of, sounds like the stuff she was working through. So for the rest of this episode, I'm just going to take my experience with the book to sell Elizabeth on it and see if we can get her to read it uh, soon. So Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, the author uh, previously of a book I really enjoyed called The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery. Is that one you ever read? I, n- I own it. Um, I think maybe I've started it. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I've ever finished a, it. That's like a sort of a coming of it or not it's interesting it's basically about like a curmudgeonly bookstore owner who has a child abandoned at their doorstep and has to go about raising them oh yeah no i uh, haven't read that one okay well it it was a really great story so on the strength of that book i was really looking forward to this one and uh yeah and i assigned the book because of its uh, relevance to some activities I've been engaging in for recently, specifically the video game writing workshop, because mm-hmm. this is a book about video game developers in the mid-1990s. Uh, it is the story of three college-age young people, uh, Sam, Sadie, and Mo- uh, Marks. And the story really focuses on Sam and Sadie, although... Uh, Marx is definitely a consequential character that they meet when they're in college. Mm-hmm. But Sam and Sadie were both like young friends out in California in the late 80s uh, at the start of the book. Well, I, I, okay, so the book has an interesting structure wherein it starts out with Sam and Sadie in college, then it flashes back to them as children meeting for the first time. Then it jumps back to them in college, and occasionally it'll jump forward to them as full-blown adults in the video game industry with lots of, you know, intriguing foreshadowing as to events that happen in the intervening years. And So would you would you be comfortable saying it's a revolving timeline? Uh, sure. Now, okay. that revolving timeline, That's uh, that sounds like a very specific concept. Uh, could you give, give me an explanation for that? So... The way that I think about or the way that I define a revolving timeline is when um, or maybe maybe evolving timeline would be a better word uh, is where a story is told out of order. Oh, yeah, that that sounds fair. Like uh, like Lucky Scroll Alive that we read last year or uh, Lisa Lutz's Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. Or no, How to Start a Fire. How to Start a Fire. Okay. All right. It's also interesting because uh, 
I think this book uses that rotating timeline to uh, interesting effect. Uh, I don't know uh, how many video games you've played in this vein, but there's a subgenre of video game called the Metroidvania, which is based on, like, as the name suggests, uh, two specific video games, uh, the Metroid franchise and the Castlevania franchise. Mm -hmm. And the conceit of these games is that you're in a place, be it an alien planet or a giant castle or a spaceship or wherever the game takes place. And uh, the setting of the game is comprised of like areas and rooms and pathways and stuff. And as you're setting about the game, exploring these areas, you'll encounter like dead ends and roundabouts and uh, shortcuts and stuff. And you'll unlock special like equipment and tools that will facilitate your exploration further into the uh, landscape of the game and so it's very sort of the video game equivalent of a circular structure wherein you're constantly doubling back and revisiting areas that you couldn't access before mm -hmm. and I feel like the book is kind of self-consciously emulating that style of game because not only is it jumping around through time but the jumping about through time is constantly bestowing you with uh, new context on various characters motivations mm -hmm. and emotional states so like in one chapter a character may have something done to them by another character and you just can't understand like the the rationale behind it but then in the next chapter you'll see those same events play out from the other character's perspective or uh, an earlier event from that character's life that sort of informs their later actions and the whole thing is given a much more uh, like nuanced, like sympathetic understanding on the part of the reader mm -hmm. which can be a little challenging because you, half the time you see somebody do something and you want to be like hold it against them because uh, you're you're put in the shoes of the character for whom it is like immediately like impactful Mm -hmm. But then the when the book takes you and sort of forces you to confront, like, the reasons behind it, that really, like, it's engaging in its own right, certainly, and it's, I think, a healthier perspective to, it's it's a much less, like, indulgent sort of reading experience. Mm -hmm. So, like, it, it's, a, it's a, the whole book throughout is a great read, but uh, you don't feel like you're just being served up with what you want the book asks of you in engaging with it so i think that's pretty valuable okay yeah and uh i don't want to give away too many plot twists because um fair across like, the arc it. of the book yeah you hadn't read it and obviously i think don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that the book charts like the shifting dynamics and relationships of these characters across like the first like across a period of like say 20 years or so mm -hmm. or maybe uh closer to 25 depending on where you start counting yeah by the end of the book they're all like in their 30s maybe early 40s thereabouts mm -hmm. and they've like lived full lives thus far and the book has some interesting things to say about the way we relate to progress in life and our uh relationship to our past and the way that that can kind of shape us and hold us back and whatnot mm -hmm. so yeah I, I it's a really great book i really enjoyed it awesome and uh i i shouldn't think you'd have any i, I should think you'd enjoy it as well 
I'm sure I would. Yeah. Um, to be honest, you you kind of sold me on like evolving timeline. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm I'm really like a sucker for a book that's told out of order for like uh oh sure I guess impact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I no, that's that's definitely a strong hook for me. Yeah. Now, um, even though I haven't read anything, I have downloaded a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That I just haven't read yet. So I can talk about the stuff I downloaded or like, you know, pick like, I don't know, two or three things and like yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can talk about that because I've also, I've been on something of a miniature book shopping kick recently. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned, getting some books from uh, the store the other day and uh, that's definitely something I could talk about. Okay. So, Alrighty, um, so, yeah. so I'm looking through my... So I'm looking through my Kindle, like at the stuff that I've purchased. Okay, here's one that I purchased. I I will, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if they spring this on you for a reading challenge. Um, It's called Salido, a memoir. And it is by Javier Zamora. All right. I purchased this. I think it was like a, a a book riot deal of the day. It was like maybe $2 or something. Nice. And so what this book is, so Javier Zamora is a poet and he yeah. is a, and he, um, where did he grow up? He grew up in El Salvador and this book, Salido, is about his immigration from El Salvador to America. Yeah. And basically he is alone amongst a group of strangers and a trip that he that they expect that he expects is going to take two weeks takes two months okay and i bought this book because it looks super super good it's told from the perspective i think or well, i think what's going to happen is uh javier zamora is telling the book as he remembers it from because he did this at nine years old could you imagine like making that kind of a journey like across oh, a wow. continent into a whole new country where like you probably don't even speak the language and you're nine years wow. old and like you're not like you don't have family you don't have friends in the group that you're yeah. going with like you just go oh okay yeah, um yeah. so anyway so that was one of the books that i purchased uh that i'm looking forward to reading eventually another one that i got the Guest with Claws by Ella Maven. And um, this is like a, this is one of those like monster romances where uh, the female character, her name, I think her name is Nessa. Like she starts yep. working at a hotel and like, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like this job seems too good to be true. Well, then she finds sure. out that maybe her clientele or like the people who are staying at the hotel or even living at the hotel are not exactly human. Okay. And it's a romance, so she ends up like, so she'll probably, I guess, end up falling for one of them. Um, I didn't purchase that one. I think that one's a Kindle Unlimited. Well, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I, uh, among the books uh, that I bought recently, I found a lot of really juicy paperback editions at um, uh, Mr. K's in uh, off Lawrence Road in Greenville. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, de- definitely one of my go-to uh, book shopping places. Uh, they had 
this is really interesting. Uh, I've got like a full shelf of uh, Penguin Classics Deluxe Editions. Mm -hmm. And you know, the book covers and whatnot on all of these are really sort of like fancy. They've got the the French flaps and what all. Ooh, sweet. So, uh, I was shopping through and I came across this one edition of a book called The Kites by uh, Romain Gary. And mm -hmm. it was originally published in France in 1980. This is a 2018 edition. I believe it's a UK edition from Penguin Classics. Because that, I'm just looking at the copyright page here. It says it was published in America by New Directions, which is another publisher I really like. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's like a like a deep blue, like pure blue jacket with a landscape photograph on the cover. I, I can tell this is an import, actually. Because not only is it published under Penguin Random House UK, but on the very front page is a stamp. And, the name of, and that stamp says the name of the bookseller where mm -hmm. the book was originally acquired, and it is Shakespeare and Company, the oh. famous English-language bookstore in, from Paris, France. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently somebody bought this book in Paris, brought it home, uh, and then either got rid of it or uh, didn't want it anymore, and sold it off at Second and Charles. And that's the great thing about Second... Uh, not Second and Charles, uh, Mr. K's. That's the great thing about Mr. K's, is that, uh, you know, you'll you'll really get some like great finds like obscure editions and like really nice pr printings of books mm -hmm. so in addition to that i got uh, a pair of books from um this publisher that i'm really sort of taking an interest in called uh deep vellum publishing from dallas texas okay. they're sort of like uh like a blend of penguin classics and new direction with like these big well-produced paperbacks with like the French flaps and uh, the beveled pages and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Really nice cover art. Uh, I got two of those. Um, one is At the Lucky Hand, a.k.a. the 69 Drawers. The other is The Art of Flight. I mean, in addition to just being very attractively published with like nice cover and good heft, they're uh, like really well-received books online. Mm -hmm. like they've, got, they've each got a goodread score of over four out of five okay which is uh which is pretty strong indication for something like that and then i've been also stocking up my library of clarice lespector novels mm -hmm. uh, found um the passage the passion according to j uh, gh at uh, barnes and noble and found a used copy of near to the wild heart at mr k's that i bought along with all the rest of those Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so as an a connoisseur, aspiring connoisseur of deluxe paperbacks, I've just been having a really fruitful book shopping experience the last couple weeks. Awesome. Yeah, and that's obviously something I'm looking forward to keeping up when we head off to North Carolina next week for yeah. our big, our, I guess, I don't know how we're going to start framing these but i know last year we went drove to atlanta and hit up a bunch of bookstores and i believe the plan this year is to drive up to uh, north carolina and do the same yep i don't know that uh, i'm not as familiar with north carolina as i was with atlanta so i'm gonna have to do a lot more research in the lead up to like planning our route yeah what stores we'll go to and when 
Right. But, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah. So uh, I think this has been a fun little conversation. It's definitely a little out of the ordinary where these episodes are concerned, but uh, we're just along for the ride. Yep. Uh, I guess to start wrapping things up right now, I'll hold off on like book stats <laughs> until uh, next episode. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And how would you sit? How would I? I'm open to this since. Uh, I read both the book challenges for this week and next week. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel if instead of taking the bonus now, I afforded you the opportunity to catch up on both those books before next episode? Oh, that is very generous of you, and I am going to take right, you up so, on it. Yeah, so you can read uh, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and or as much of it as you care to uh, before next week, and we'll discuss it a bit more. And then, of course. Uh, the next book challenge we've got coming up is uh, How Long Till Black Future Month by N.K. Jemison, as mm-hmm. assigned by you in the last episode. Yep. I was able to find it on the Libby app from the Greenville Library. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to try getting it from there through other means, unless you already had it. I had already purchased it. Like, uh, it, again, it was a uh, like a Book Riot daily deal. I think I got it for two or three bucks. Oh, that that works out then. Yeah. All right, so you can check those out and see what you think. And in in the meantime, I've got one last business of uh, stuff to take care of, and that is uh, my next reading assignment. Mm-hmm. On the issue of award-winning novels, mm-hmm. I'm going to assign Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. Not okay. only is it an award-winning novel... uh. It is a young adult novel. Oh. That, um, so young adult is a category in this uh, competition that I haven't uh, not as well versed in. Mm-hmm. So, but in addition to that, it's a winner of the Newbery Medal, the National Book Award. Well, it's a nominee for that one, but it's got plenty of like yeah. award recognition under its belt. So, uh, yeah, uh, one month from now, we'll be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question for you. Yes. Did you want to do your, uh, bingo card today or did you also want to put that off till next week? Uh, I mean, I've already picked what I'm going to do for it. Okay. So this week I was going to take how long till black future month for assigned reading since that was the, the assignment for next week. Right. Right. And uh, that'll that'll bring me up to five categories completed. Okay. Um, second question: Since this hasn't, since this is the first time this has happened, next time you know, next time we do, um, we do our episode. I will have hopefully read more than one book. Uh, will I yeah. be able to contribute two choices to my bingo card or just one? I'm open to that. Okay. Do we so, want that uh, to be that, like a do we want that to be like a one-off thing or like you get Yeah, we don't we can treat we can treat it as a as like a a mulligan sort of deal. Okay. All right. So, All right. let me see here. I'm looking at your bingo card. Um book assigned from another player. Okay. You are two squares away from a bingo. Nice. And uh you've got four squares filled out so far. I think at most you're like three squares away. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, wait. There might be one. Yeah, there's one here where you're two squares away. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty even match then. 
Yeah. That's that's a that's a aspect of the competition that's heating up. Yep. Um, now I will give a quick update on my word count. Uh, I'm up to like one million four hundred and thirty thousand uh, approximate uh, words for this year so far, which puts me at about thirty three percent of my word total from uh, the first year, tw- yeah. two thousand twenty one, which was my uh, highest word total to date. Mm-hmm. So, I've read... um, go ahead. Sorry. And I was just going to say that I, so far this year, I've read 20 books out of my uh, reading goal of 72. Okay. So just, even though I didn't yeah. read anything, I'll still update people. Um, my figures have stayed the same. So I've read uh, 1,145,332 words. That puts me at 11.4% of my word total from 2021. And Mm -hmm. I am, let's see here, how many books have I read? I have read 23 books. So according to to Goodreads, I'm seven books behind schedule because my goal for the year is 157. And uh, according to Goodreads, I am seven books ahead of schedule. Look at that. Hey. Hey. This is a very uh, interesting times we live in. It is. This is an interesting season. Yeah. So we'll see how it continues to develop. We thank you again for listening, all those, all y'all out there. And uh, Elizabeth, why don't you let them know where they can find us? So you can find us on our social medias. You can find us at uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can send us a question, suggestion, or comment to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, well, I thank you for joining me, Elizabeth, today. Uh, we'll get this next episode out. Actually, I guess the next time you'll be hearing us is from, like, maybe next Wednesday or Thursday, once we've gotten that uh, travel log bonus yeah. episode recorded. Yeah. yeah so you have lo- you'll have that to look forward to, and then a couple days after that we'll have a... Uh, uh, return to the weekend updates that mm-hmm. we've been doing yep yeah so we've uh, enjoyed having you enjoyed you having us and we'll be talking more with you later until then uh, bye-bye all right bye